Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Very interesting conversation there. Now, next up, we have Crypto Babes Ashley Wright to explore just how blockchain technology is able to ensure a more sustainable future with her panel of experts. This is one I've been looking forward to. And let's see what's up next. Let's see what they have to say. Awesome. Welcome, welcome, and welcome, everybody. I'm super, super excited for this conversation. I've literally been waiting all day to be able to jump into this and be able to, of course, be with this amazing, amazing panel. So welcome, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about how we can actually leverage blockchain for a more sustainable future. So it is going to be very, very interesting, and I'm very excited to dive in. For those that are hearing my voice for the first time, yes, my name is Ashley Wright. I am an entrepreneur, as well as one of Canada's top women uh, cryptocurrency educators, and so I'm really excited to dive in. But before we do, I also want to give a chance for our amazing panelists to also introduce themselves. So let's start and go ahead with Mark. Welcome, Mark. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Mark Cranach. I'm one of the founders of Acre Capital. We do early and growth investing in a, a range of different industries, all of which intersect with um, blockchain and Web 3.0 in interesting ways. We, we're, we're focused on security, fintech, uh, data platforms, and consumer. Um, and we've been investing in blockchain since around 2017. Uh, a couple of notable investments. Um, I, led the, I led an investment at CypherTrace, which recently was in the news, got acquired by MasterCard. Um, and a couple other projects like Scale and Definity, um, more recently BlockFi and uh, Avantgarde Finance. So that's me. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm going to pass it over to Austin. Welcome, Austin. Hey, Ashley and everybody else. Great to be here. And uh, big thanks to Draper Gorn Home for hosting us and all the sponsors and uh, speakers that made this possible. It's been a, it's been a great couple of days. So um a quick snapshot on me and then pass it along so uh i am the co-founder of community electricity uh which is all about decarbonizing cities at scale uh benefiting the community first and you know reducing the carbon footprint overall so i'll get into that during the panel i'm also a co-founder of some other technology ventures um so uh, i've been in the blockchain space for a long time I've actually been working with Draper going home over the years saw joseph recently in dubai and uh Really, really big supporter of the team. So I'm um, excited to be here and great to uh, chat with everybody. Thank you so much. We're definitely excited to have you. I also see we have Dr. Vin. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Ashley, for having me here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining, taking time to join this panel as well. And uh, uh, I would like to introduce myself as a serial uh, entrepreneur. So I've been into the tech business for the last 15 years. And since 2015, uh, I've been um, uh, working on blockchain and trying to create an ecosystem which includes exchange, some um, some of the DeFi projects, some of the funds, etc. And recently, the exchange business, we went public uh, in last July in one of the OTC markets in US. So yeah, so that's my background. And we are trying to enhance our base by providing a lot of activities around sustainability area, especially working very closely with the UN SDGs uh, Blockchain for Impact initiative. So since 2016, we have been trying to create how blockchain or uh, uh, Web 3.0 can create impact on on the on on the UN SDG goals. 
That's amazing. I'm actually really excited to dive into that as well. So thank you so yeah. much. Um, I see we also have Alex. Welcome, Alex. Hey, how's it going, Ashley? Austin, Mark, Chantel, Dr. Vin, great seeing you. Um, my name is Alex Nascimento. I uh, do two things. I run a blockchain investment company and advisory called 7CC Blockchain Investments, uh, which we've been working on the field since 2016. And I co-founded the UCLA Blockchain Lab, which is now blockchain at UCLA where we teach students across campus about the different applications of blockchain. My personal focus as an academic is on security tokens. Um, shameless plug, we wrote a book oops, called The STO Financial Revolution. And uh, that's a little bit about me. Get it on Amazon. Perfect. Yeah, get it on Amazon. All, all proceeds go to UCLA. Perfect. Definitely. We check that out for sure. Um, and of course, we also have Chantel. Welcome. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Excited. Uh, so, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Ashley, for having me and uh, Draper Gorn home as well. I'm very excited to uh, be speaking with all of you and uh, just saying hi to everyone. So my background is from uh, it's um, blockchain technology and um, actually GIS and tracking uh, from the University of Waterloo. Um, a couple of years back, I founded uh, Crown Bits Rewards, which is my company, and I'm also the CEO of it. Uh, so our focus is mainly uh, it's a digital rewards platform. So we also we focus on rewards for shopping for consumers. But at the same time, we also um, offer out payment processing uh, for for businesses and consumers as well when they shop on merchant sites. I love that. That's really, really exciting. Um, and I also have to shout out, you're also from Toronto, which I am as well. I am, <laughs> yes. Toronto. <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. But yes, everyone, thank you so much for those amazing introductions. I'm really excited to, to dive in, hear a little bit more about your perspectives, of course, for today's conversation. So yes, being able to kind of dive in, of course, how we're able to leverage blockchain for a more sustainable future. Right. I want to take a step back, especially for those that are still really new to the blockchain space, maybe aren't too familiar with the technology um, and really to start off by asking, you know, what are some of the key characteristics when it comes to blockchain technology? Um, and I'm going to kick this question off to let's start with Alex. Uh, I would say that, like, you want you want a general um, overview of why blockchain is important. I think that yeah. it's more of a concept of uh, embracing different players, right? So something we always go over in class is like, the world as we know today has been a centralized environment where a few players control all the data and how the data transacts among different users in different industries. And I think that the thing that it's interesting about blockchain is this, this distributed ledger technology that allows multiple players to participate, right? And then by doing so, you bring all the buzzwords that we've been talking about for years. Um, transparency, mutability, trustworthy, um, and, and participation of people that before didn't have a chance to participate. Great example, DeFi's. Yes. 
perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. I'm also going to pass it to Austin. If, Austin, if you wanted to add anything as well in terms of you know some of the key characteristics that make you know blockchain so unique. Well, to bring it to the simplest level, I think that what Bitcoin did and what blockchain does is it it allows people to have the world's greatest barter system, right? For peer-to-peer -peer transactions, there's been no way better until now to do it. Um, and, you know, going back as far as glass beads and shells, those became very easy to counterfeit and to trick people uh, and trade them the wrong thing. But you can't do that with Bitcoin. You can't do that with any real crypto. Um, you know, certainly you can scam somebody with a, with an ICO and raise something that, you know, false promises. But um, with any real cryptographic transaction, it, it can't be defrauded. So um, I, I think what it did is it gave people uh, the world's best barter system um, and the world's best time clock. And those two things are very important at the base levels of any transaction, any time stamping or logging of data. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's pretty important. And uh, it's what got me excited in the early days. And it's why 90% plus of everything I do is related to blockchain. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a startup guy at heart. I like building companies and most of them are in this world. So, so yeah, very important. I think for humanity, it's, it's, it's a piece of the tech stack that kind of leapfrogs us just like the phone did, the computer did, cars did, uh, the mobile wave, all that stuff. I think we're, uh, the crypto is a kind of another leapfrog moment for us as humanity. Yes, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think majority of people, they hear about <clears throat> cryptocurrency and they think that's the only application, but that's literally just one, right? There's so, so, so many um, different applications to it. So, um, you know, as you start to think about, of course, today's topic and sustainability, you know, what does the, you know, what does sustainability really mean? Uh, I want to break that down first as well. So let's, let's kick it off to Dr. Van. We'd love to hear from you. See, basically, uh, if, you, if you look at any other centralized activity, there have been a lot of influence about you know, how, how the things have needs to be done. But if you are talking about the decentralized uh, uh, activities or decentralized uh, scenarios like blockchain or any of the cryptocurrencies or even DAP decentralized apps, so there are a lot of things which is uh, managed on a, um, on a democratic level. There is no central agencies are included. So you can create a lot of sustainable activities around this technology and you can roll out together. For example, just to give you some initiative. Uh, in 2016, we created this uh, initiative called Blockchain for Impact with the support of public foundations and UNSDGs. What we were trying to do is trying to create all the blockchain service providers or potentially those who were at that time active in the ecosystem, try to create impact and leveraging the 17 sustainable development goals of UN and how we can, as a blockchain initiative or as a blockchain entity, how we can deploy these and you know achieve the UN's goal of 2030, achieving all the 17 goals how we can contribute as a ecosystem as a blockchain ecosystem so we have created a lot of initiatives around that that also includes like web 3.0 blockchain based application where one of the groups from uh, asia came out with providing education uh, insurance uh, uh, healthcare insurance medical and health for free so that is right now uh, you know they're doing pretty well and they're providing almost two million users uh, literally medical and health insurance for free that is achievable because blockchain as an underlying technology, trying to understand the, you know, the data insights which they are receiving from the policy holders, 
and giving them credit in terms of tokenization that you know the token economics comes into the picture and that credit can buy you into uh, already for your insurance policy uh, premium re renewal renewals etc so these are the activities where the real usage of blockchain can come into so we are also another another education uh, blockchain for education also coming in so yeah so that that's what sustainability for us blockchain as a technology how we can add value to that. perfect I, i love that and I'm, i'm so happy you also gave some examples as well so we can really get an idea of what that looks like um i also want to pass it to shantel to also share you know what does sustainability really mean and what does that look like currently yeah i mean i think that um blockchain has proven its way throughout the years to really um, show examples of how we can use this incredible technology. Um, and for instance, like if I wanted to get money to, to China tomorrow, I, I'm not going to go through a bank. I'm going to be using Bitcoin or some sort of cryptocurrency, right? Um, so I think it's it's really been helpful to a lot of different industries in a lot of different ways and it's only getting more and more innovative as we go on because we're figuring out new ways of using it new implementations of it um so i i think that it it really has um potential to be even bigger than what it is right now yes i definitely agree with you i think there's a lot definitely that uh, can definitely be done in the future for sure. And I think there's a lot of potential. Um, Mark, did you also want to add to that as well? Uh, I mean, I think you have to think about it in both ways. What, you know, what does its energy usage look like and how, how are those equations changing? And I think early days wasn't that great. You know, uh, proof of work is very power hungry. Um, but I think it, it's actually, in my view, kind of counterintuitively, it's, it's had a really positive impact in some ways. There's a few companies out there that are finding ways to find really non-traditional sources of energy that might be wasteful, like gas flaring. Uh, there's a company called Crusoe Energy that's going and putting facilities where otherwise gas would get flared, so probably creating more greenhouse gas. Still burning the gas, but using it to, to mine Bitcoin uh, and maybe other, other protocols. So I think that is a really unique sort of, you know, turn on the tables on energy usage. But then I think what a lot of other people are talking about is the, the potential to align incentives around new use cases, whether those are supply chain use cases or energy use cases or, or what have you, um, is really, really amazing. And so you can think about changing the way people think about sustainability because you can incent them differently. And I think that's really where the, the potential for blockchain kind of globally uh, essentially lies in my view. I love that. You actually said something really key that I actually want to elaborate on a little bit, which is talking about some of those use cases, right? So even when we start thinking about sustainability and what the current structure looks like, you know, what does, what are some of the current problems um, that we're facing right now in, in some of those, those different industries that you just mentioned? Well, I think, I think energy we're seeing, we're, I mean, it, you know, the, the consumption of energy for mining is one that I think is getting addressed pretty well. And that just comes down to proof of work. Another approach to that is to change from proof of work to other consensus protocols. And there are a bunch out there that are, are competing. I think probably proof of stake will, will show up on Ethereum soon and, and a bunch of other protocols that will make the energy consumption a lot lower, which will help on that particular thing quite a bit. I actually think also another great use case for, for blockchain um, that's still pretty early days is supply chain. There's all kinds of supply chain problems in the world today. Um, 
partially, I think, caused by COVID and partially caused by other breakdowns in the system. There's a big opportunity to manage that better and to have and optimize the usage of resources. And ultimately, when you, when you do that, you're, you're probably working towards uh, something more sustainable. I definitely agree with you. Um, I also want to pass it over to to Austin to kind of share, you know, some maybe some examples of some other you know problems that we're also facing right now that you know blockchain could actually solve. Sure, yeah, and and just touching on kind of something Mark, you know, sparked in my brain really quick regarding sustainability. I think in our modern world, sustainability is using technology to make our systems more efficient, right? Our energy systems, our networks, everything that we do in our daily lives, because most people aren't going to live in a village. Like that's true sustainability, living off the land, not polluting at all, uh, you know, but most people don't live that way in the modern world. So, um, you know, in the early days, coal was, you know, what started the earliest industrial revolution. And then we realized actually crude oil uh, is more efficient at storing energy and transferring it around the world than coal. And then ultimately gasoline, which you mentioned, is still flared off in some situations if it's too far out or unusable uh, to some degree, um, was predominantly flared off overall until they realized they could use it for cars. Uh, it was a very efficient fuel for cars and other systems like that. Um, so I think sustainability uh, in our modern world is using technology to keep advancing and making our systems, uh, reducing the carbon footprint. So one of the ways that, that I'm, you know, focusing on that in, in the real world is we, we received uh, and working with the California Energy Commission, a large grant um, uh, for a 28,000 resident community uh, in East Los Angeles uh, called Bassett Avocado. Um, so you can see that on our website and everything. And there's actually, there's a team currently, Felipe and others are in Glasgow at the COP26 announcing a lot of amazing things, working with Global Carbon Parks, which we can touch on later. But uh, in Los Angeles, the 28,000 resident community is the largest advanced energy community of its kind using blockchain to create efficient uh, an efficiently managed network that gives people incentives. Um, so full disclosure, I'm also a co-founder of CrownBits rewards with Chantel. So we're going to be integrating some of those reward systems into these communities to really, I mean, that's how the world works. If you give people value and an upside, they will do the things that uh, align with that you know, behavior. If, you, if there's no upside, people are going to keep polluting and doing, um, doing the bad things that, that we're currently doing. But I think we're obviously in a conscious shift overall, especially with what happened the past couple of years and what we saw the impact of what happens if traffic stops for a day or a month or a year and flights slow down it it has a big impact but it doesn't have to stop it just needs to get more efficient um so yeah i think uh, that's one of the biggest ways is creating these types of communities learning from them because they're not perfect from day one uh and they are subsidized luckily so um by the government people have to opt in though, right like we have to do a lot of community outreach to get people to participate in these programs you can't force people to do it but the incentive parts are really the most interesting things to the people and to the big companies, right? Because all these big companies are traditionally buying carbon credits, but what if there's better ways to do it than just buying and, and greenwashing and kind of uh, slipping it under the rug, like actually create communities from the bottom up that are decarbonized from day one. So I think that's what we're gonna start to see all around the world. Yes, I'm very, very, very excited about that. I think you touched on quite a few different points for sure, um, especially when it comes to the energy aspect there. You definitely hit it, set it perfectly, right? There has to be some sort of incentive to get people to want to move, uh, which I'm happy that you, of course, are also collaborating with Shintal. So I think there's a lot of opportunities there to get people to actually focus on it, to actually care enough to to want to make a change, right? So mm -hmm. I, th I think that's really, really crucial. Um, I also would love to hear from Alex as well in terms of 
you know, what are some examples of some of the problems as well that we're facing right now when it comes to sustainability? Well, I think that one of the key things that um, you have with sustainability is is really validation of what's being done, right? So carbon credits generation, there's about like 3,000 different carbon credits. Uh, how do you validate those 3,000 different types of assets, right, in this new asset class? Where are they being generated? How are they being treated? How are they being negotiated? So as we roll into this first uh, era of ESG, uh, widely supported by the Biden administration, I think that blockchain, especially into carbon credits, is going to be a, a very elegant solution on how to like create an order uh, for a new asset class that it's frankly like very scattered. Definitely. Yes, definitely agree with that as well. Um, and kind of leaning towards my next question, actually, and I know Austin touched on it a little bit, which is, you know, how do we get, you know, businesses as well as millennials to actually be encouraged to decrease, you know, their carbon footprint, right? How can we have, once again, some sort of incentive or get them motivated to do so? Um, and I'm actually going to pass this question over to Dr. Vin. would love to hear from you. So. Basically, um, for all of us, right, especially when you see the new generation, uh, crypto, Bitcoin is becoming a sort of like the in thing, right? So deploying the motto, the ESG sustainability or the creating impact motto via cryptocurrency or via blockchain, creating some sort of an, you know, impact token. So, uh, you know, someone to give more incentives to be part of these cool thing and to use the use blockchain as the core medium for any kind of transactions activities that i think that's the that's the best way for getting millennials to access and if you look at it right now in terms of the wallet numbers or the adoption rate they are the one who is actually leading the race so i believe that you know putting that into the you know the same lingo and putting that into the same kind of high high level i think we can achieve that I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I also do want to pass it over to Chantel because, of course, you mentioned rewards. We'd love for you to kind of dig in a little bit deeper and explain exactly how you are, you know, creating that incent um, incentives for individuals to, to really be more encouraged to do so. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and that's exactly what we do. We, we, we're on the business end as well as the consumer end. So, mainly what our focus is, is making it very easy with users like consumers to already use the habits that they have businesses that have already a process and operations in place we want to incentivize those um to make it more sustainable for them so how you do that is you incentivize it right you're you're incentivizing it with rewards you're incentivizing consumers to let's say purchase certain products that are green for their households or for businesses, certain certain products to use that are more energy efficient, right? So that's how that's how we're sort of um, establishing a rewards network around being sustainable for users, consumers, and also for businesses. So we we really want to help each business in a variety of different industries on how they be, on how they can become more sustainable and help them with their vision to be more green. 
So that's, and, and I mean, that's, and that's the key. That's the key to getting the millennials into becoming more green to, you know, to really get that message out there and, and you got to really market it correctly. Right. So we're, we're working with a bunch of different environmentally friendly companies. Um, for instance, just like uh, community electricity right now. Um, so we're, we're really working together closely to figure out these solutions. I love that. I'm definitely going to be looking into that some more because I, I feel like that's that's perfect, right? When you have such a really great, um, in, 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 a lot of great incentives for people to to want to purchase products that are more green, that are more, of course, sustainable, then that's beautiful, right? Um, so I'm definitely excited about that as well. Um, I would also hear, love to hear from Mark as well. Of course, I know that you've you've been in this space as well. Would love to hear, you know, what are some things maybe you know your organization is doing as well to to be able to encourage and incentivize people as well. Yeah, well, I think one of the, you know, I think we're focusing a lot on what I would say seems kind of, you know, US centric or maybe developed world centric. I think one of the one of the things that blockchain offers is in other emerging economies, um, access to something that's a lot more like banking, there's a ton of unbanked population around the world. And, it, and a lot of times, not having access to the financial ecosystem, makes it so that, you know, you don't really have choices about whether to be or not. I think what one of the things blockchain has been doing in a lot of um, other economies outside of the developed world, it's giving people access to a financial uh, infrastructure so that they can they can do things like save where they may not have ever been able to do that before. Um, they can participate in a payments ecosystem and it really it changes their options. And I think it can really lift up some of those developing economies uh, in ways that uh, really haven't been haven't been available before. So I think that's a pretty exciting, uh, exciting Things. So we, we invest in a number of organizations that are trying to do some of those things. Usually they're focused on remittances and payments because uh, those are probably the first really two uh, early financial use cases for those markets. Um, but it's a gateway into uh, much more financial inclusion. And that's something I think can really, uh, it's not directly um, talking to sustainability, but I think it indirectly can really make a meaningful difference in the world. I love that. I love that. And you're touching on like the key areas of where we can actually start to see some of those results happen. So that is definitely really key. Um, the other quick question I have for you guys as well, as we start to, to dive in a little bit deeper, of course, we talked about a lot of great ways for us to incentivize a lot of people, but of course, it's going to take some time before we really start to see a really big impact, right? So my next question for, for everyone is, you know, when can we actually start to see Bitcoin being leveraged in sustainability on a larger scale, right? To the point where we can actually start to see a little bit more of integration, a little bit more of an impact as well. So um, I'm gonna kick this off and, and kick it over to Austin to, to start the conversation. Sure, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I think it's already happening is the answer. So first of all, I think Bitcoin gets gets a bad rap for its you know proof of work intensity. But if you look at the economics, the money printing business and banking system of the world is much more inefficient than something like Bitcoin is uh, on average. Um, and Bitcoin is also the buyer of last resort. As Mark mentioned earlier, you know, people are finding flared gas instead of burning it, using it to, to power mining operations, whether it's Bitcoin or any other crypto, um, you know, energy that's wasted in grids, energy that's like not being used is typically what Bitcoin seeks out because, um, you know, that's the most efficient way to mine it uh, and get the most hash power to win the rewards. And most companies, Blockstream, all the big mining, RSK, um, you know, the, all the big mining companies around the world in the pools are focused on 
you know, integrating sustainable mining practices. Um, I've been involved with some solar mining operations in California in the past, and um, it is very economically uh, incentivized uh, to move in that direction. So I think, you know, the future of Bitcoin mining is renewable. Um, it'll never probably be 100% renewable um, until, well, I can say never say never, until the world is 100% renewable, then Bitcoin mining probably will be as well. So that's a good goal to have. But um, in the meantime, creating those incentive structures, as Chantal mentioned earlier, for the miners and the mining pools and working with corporations um, around the world uh, to find alternative solutions. So one of the things that the team that was just in Glasgow with Community Electricity and Global Carbon Parks announced was uh, that I think it was, I forgot how many hectares, but it was a very large amount of land in Latin America that was basically uh, set aside uh, at the subnational level with contracts and agreements uh, for the next decade at least. And ideally that'll just keep getting renewed um, to be kind of the lung of the planet. And then those are gonna be basically a new way to tokenize all that land and, and create a new type of standard or credit system that is measurable um, and that will never be developed uh, in theory, right? That will be, at least won't be developed for a very long time. I mean, because most of the biodiversity in the world is in Latin America. So the more we protect those forests, no matter what, the better as the lungs of the planet. So that's that's one way, that's one creative way that Global Carbon Parks team just announced um, at the UN summit in Glasgow yesterday, actually. Um, so I think there's going to be all kinds of innovative systems like that that are emerging and creating those incentive structures. And like I said before, instead of just buying carbon credits that are kind of produced from thin air, you know, you've got measurable forests and measurable things around the world that can be surveyed 24-7 by satellite. And you can show that it's growing instead of shrinking, right? That, that's the most important thing. The wetlands are very important. I think you'll see wetland projects uh, that will be becoming more and more a thing. Instead of building walls around cities, wetlands protect cities much better and help to sequester carbon um, and also help protect from hurricanes and things like that for flooding. Because flooding is the biggest problem from these big storms that we're seeing lately. For every one degree of uh, Celsius of temperature rise you know, on, on Earth, you see about 7% on average more precipitation in the air, which means bigger hurricanes, bigger storms, bigger droughts on the flip side, bigger fires as well. Um, so, you know, the, the earth's going to do what it wants to do, uh, whether we, uh, you know, like it or not, but we shouldn't be fueling the fire at the very least. We should be doing our part to, to minimize our damage, um, which we haven't in the past hundred years, but now we're starting to, to turn the tide a little bit. And we have to, I think if, if we have two degrees in rise of temperature, I think the storms and, and the floods and the fires are going to get so bad. It's just going to be, I mean, look what happened in Australia a couple years ago, right? Um, and Australia, unfortunately, keeps getting public. Now they're all on lockdown and most people can't leave. So I think we're pretty fortunate in, in, in certain areas to, to be able to move around a little more. But um, yeah, I think uh, definitely uh, coming up with creative systems is, is the way forward. I definitely agree with you. And I'm glad that you shared some of those amazing updates that you heard about from yesterday. But yes, being able to measure, um, you know, our results and be able to measure a lot of that is, is what's really key. And that's how we're going to be able to actually track our growth and track our success with this, um, as well as our impact. So I'm really happy you brought that up as well. Um, I also want to give it um, over to Alex to be able to add to that as well. Yeah, no, I, I think that what you're going to see if you're talking about like integration of these uh, Bitcoin mines, and I agree with Austin, if you look at the data, the data shows that already 56% of Bitcoin mining is done through renewable energy or quasi-renewable, uh, nuclear and hydro. 
Uh, and you also have other things, right, that is an evolution. You have geothermic energy, like in the case of El Salvador, that's now being used to mine Bitcoin. Uh, all the energy from renewable sources like solar or wind that cannot be stored are, are now being piped into Bitcoin. So we're seeing like Bitcoin, to your point, Ashley, becoming this like third evolution of Bitcoin, which now is a store of value of energy. Right. So people that have energy or players that produce energy and that not necessarily can store that energy or sell it can now store it in Bitcoin. So I think it's an evolution of the asset class. I love that. I love that very much. Um, I, I do um, want to also give Dr. Vin a, a chance to, to add to that conversation as well. Right. So maybe, I mean, I just add to Austin and Alex the comments on renewable energy and how the uh, Bitcoin. So uh, recently these, you know, I'm, I'm quite surprised to see that, you know, we have something called green coins coming up and that actually fetching a pretty much premium from the Bitcoin price from the market rate, uh, mark the market rate. What's happening is basically at least 98.5% renewable energy mined Bitcoins in the OTC market is actually categorized as uh, green coins, and that is fetching a premium. So these kind of, and most of the funds like, you know, private equities or, um, or, or the family officers who is actually focusing into ESG and impact in a big way, they really want to make sure that, you know, they are investing into something which is more renewable or they are green. So these are the audience for these green coins. So, I think that kind of initiative is actually making, you know, creating that uh, two classes within the within the Bitcoin mining part as well. That's amazing. Uh, thank you so, so, so much. I do want to say thank you to the panel. Um, and I also want to be able to give you guys the opportunity to let, you know, the viewers know how can they connect with you? How can they hear and learn a little bit more about what you're working on as well? So I'll start with, with Mark. Uh, just you can find me online uh, LinkedIn or at our website acrecapital.com and just get in touch with me there happy to um, hear from anybody awesome awesome and what about yourself Austin yeah best way for me is Twitter um, AE Davis just shoot me a message there happy to connect anybody and talk about uh, you know doing some cool things together um, and then websites uh, communityelectricity.io and of course Chantel's website crownbit.io Perfect. Was actually just about to, to have her, of course, go ahead and share as well. Yeah. Go ahead, Chantal. I was going to say uh, LinkedIn for personally myself, just Chantal Borelli. And then, of course, the uh, crimebits.io is the website. Perfect. Perfect. And go ahead, um, Alex. Definitely let everybody know how they can connect with you. Uh, sure. So you can find me, Alex Nascimento, UCLA on LinkedIn or Instagram, or our website is the same handle, 7CC Invest. Uh, happy to continue the conversation on any of those platforms. Perfect. And last but not least, Dr. Vin, feel free to, of course, share. Yeah, so um, I'll be easily found in uh, LinkedIn, uh, Dr. Vin, or Twitter, same here, V-I-N-N-N-O-N. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, and of course, you guys can connect with me through Instagram or any social medias at The Right Success. But uh, nonetheless, I do want to thank, thank all of you so, so, so much. You guys added so much value and really made this conversation super valuable. So I really appreciate that. And I want to say thank you, everyone, as well, that's been tuning into this conversation. I hope this brought a lot of insight into how, of course, we can actually leverage blockchain to make a more sustainable future. So I look forward to connecting with all of you. And thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cheers.